to The Drummer and the Great Mountain, a podcast where we share effective tips and practices for working with adult ADD, ADHD in a natural, effective way without the use of medications. Each episode, join me, your host, Batman Saram, along with the author of The Drummer and the Great Mountain, Michael Joseph Ferguson. Join Michael and myself in an interactive discussion of sharing our stories as we journey together in transforming what can be the gift of being what we call hunter types. This podcast is intended to be your audio companion to the book written by Michael, who joins me each episode where we both will strive to foster dialogue, give you our personal insights, and share both of our experiences on this similar path that we are all on. Our intention and hope is that along with the book, this podcast gives you an additional perspective as you listen to us delve deeper into each chapter of the book to give you even more tools to go along with what it is that you are reading. Visit us at drummerandthegreatmountain.com to purchase the book and look for more tools, tips, and updates, as well as giving us feedback on this podcast. Join our growing global community of creative types, entrepreneurs, and out-of-the-box thinkers on our shared journey. Welcome to the Drummer in the Great Mountain podcast. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Michael Joseph Ferguson. Today's topic is mastering mundane, overwhelming, and non-stimulating tasks. These are the bane of our hunter type's existence on the planet. These are the things that most throw us off. This is where procrastination and overwhelm come from, low self-esteem. So many pieces wrapped up in this theme today. And we've covered this Uh, a bit in other episodes, but it really deserves its own episode. So we'll be discussing why these kinds of tasks are so difficult for us and what are some key strategies to really get good at accomplishing them. So before we get started, I have a few announcements to make. First off, the book, Drummer in the Great Mountain, a guidebook to transforming adult ADD, ADHD, will be on sale at 15% off on our website through July 4th. So if you've been listening to the podcast for a while and haven't picked up the book, this is a really good opportunity. Just visit drummerinthegreatmountain.com and click on the purchase button. It'll already be set on sale. You don't have to enter a coupon code. Uh, So check that out. Also, in case you didn't get the email, we have just released a free ebook called ADHD Time Management. So uh, hopefully you got the email if you're on the email list, but if you haven't, here's the deal. Uh, I took the time management chapter of Drummer in the Great Mountain and I did some rewriting and adding and added some sections to it. So what I decided to do is just let it out as a free ebook to stand on its own. And we put it out on Amazon and iBooks and on uh, Kobo, a few other places. So if you haven't grabbed it, please do so. It is especially if you've bought the book before and you've read the book. Uh, go back, check this out, download it. You can get it on whatever uh, reading device you'd like, and from your phone to a Kindle device to uh, Barnes & Noble Nook, you can get it on there as well. So um, go check that out. What I wanted to do is just create 
um, just revisit that theme of time management, take in some things that I've uh, learned the last few years from coaching clients as far as what has worked for them, what hasn't, throwing out some different things, testing out some new strategies, uh, as well as from the workshop. So I've been able to distill down uh, a few more pieces that I felt were really essential for time management. And specifically, one of the, I think one of the most important sections I added was uh, a five-step daily planning process using mind mapping. Uh, that has really become something that I've watched be uh, really useful for uh, both my clients and for workshop participants. So definitely check that out. Um, it's available on Amazon. Uh, check the link in this episode description or just go to Amazon and write ADHD time management. Same with iBooks and Kobo. Uh, and I'll see if I can release it to a few other um ebook sites over the next few months. So check it out. Uh, for those of you who did download it, thank you so much. We actually ended up being number one on Amazon free ebooks for, uh, let's see, it was 90 minute self-help short reads. So we beat out the art of war, which I thought was really interesting. That's like, I don't know, like a thousand year old book. And now it's, uh, it's uh, we beat them out. I felt really good about that, <laughs> even though it was a free ebook. You guys uh, really uh, dove on it, and I appreciate that. We're also number one for free ebooks on ADHD on Amazon, and um, I think we're currently at number four for time management in business. So, uh, and that that's a lot thanks to you guys diving in there, downloading the book. Uh, thanks so much for writing the reviews. If, if you like the book, if, if you've enjoyed it, please consider writing a review. It helps other people tune into the book and you know rate it, do what you need to do if you're enjoying the book. Same with Drummer in the Great Mountain. We just put that uh, onto Kindle and Amazon, let's see, just a couple months ago. So if you've liked the book and you've sent me a review, so many of you have, consider just hopping over, you know, just copy and pasting it from your email that you sent me. Uh, and post it into especially the drummer in the Great Mountain. That would be awesome. I'd really appreciate that because uh, it's been on, available on the website for so many years, but uh, just releasing it out into the Amazon wild. So anyway, thanks all so much for downloading it and giving me some really good feedback on it. I really hope that's helpful to you. Uh, so check that one out. And also, uh, we just wrapped up our latest Alive online workshop. So it's really, I just want to give a shout out to all of you who have been in the workshop. Thanks so much for your participation and your uh, support and your, your intelligence and your passion. Uh, a few of, uh, we had people from all over the world and a few people were up at like three in the morning to do the live session. So that was serious dedication. And I really want to celebrate that. Uh, and it was just such a great group and it was such a reminder of, uh, what a diverse and highly talented, skilled group of people, uh, for those, those people who are listening to the podcast specifically, I just, you guys are amazing. I've just such, it's been such a joy to do this work and uh, work with you in the workshops, do the one-on-one -on -one coaching with you um, from all walks of life. It's such a diverse group, but uh, the intellect uh, specifically, and I think just the raw talent of the people that tend to gravitate, who I think are Tunter types, but also tend to gravitate to this particular podcast, I'm just blown away. So thank you all so much. It was such an honor to work with you. Um, in 
to to add to that, we are considering. This has been on our, our list for a while. We're considering point, putting together a support group that would be um, probably like a weekly uh, check in group. Uh, I want to give people an alternative to the one on one coaching because I've uh, right now we're still running a wait list. Uh, and I feel like it's a kind of uh, support that many of you uh, could really use as far as just doing like a weekly check-in on what's been working, what's your wins, what's your challenges, what are the goals that you're, you're aiming for this week. Uh, just having a group to process that through, through with instead of just doing the one-on-one work, which I, which for many people, that's like the the quintessential because you're getting like really focused one-on-one support, but there's something really valuable in doing group support and you get community uh, in a way that I think hunter types often don't get because we're around people that may not understand us. And so we feel, you know, a lot of self-judgment and when you, and what I witnessed even from this last workshop, when people get together who share the same challenges, but also are very creative and very passionate, then, um, things happen. There's sort of a, an inner rewiring that starts to occur when you feel like you're not alone and you've got the support you need. So we're considering pulling together a support group. Um, what I'd love to hear from you is what would you like in a weekly check-in support group? Uh, so we do it online. We do like, uh, we'd probably do zoom like we do with the, um, Zoom conferencing like we do with the workshop. So uh, if you have some insights of things that you know you'd like to um, get support on on a weekly basis in a group setting, reach out. Uh, email me at info at drummerinthegreatmountain.com. And I will keep you posted. I'm not quite sure when this is going to go live yet. We might split it up into two-month sections. We've got a few ideas on the table. Uh, I've led a number of groups before, so I'm just uh, putting it out to the uh, group mind and uh, let me know what your your thoughts are on that. Uh, And also added to that, what are good times for you during the week? I would love to hear that. What would be a good time for you to feel like uh, this would be a good, say, I'm guessing we're going to go one to one and a half hour sessions and we'll definitely record those so you can have access to the later if you're in the group. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Okay, on to today's topic, mastering mundane, overwhelming, and non-stimulating tasks. So these are the ones that we push out, we feel overwhelmed by, they're the things that we just procrastinate, and then we feel a lot of self-judgment about because we don't get them done. Uh, if your spouse may be frustrated with you because they're like, can't you just get this done? Uh, and to a, even a larger extent, these are things that could be really having a dramatic impact on your finances. They could be uh, just especially self-esteem. I think that's where a lot of that, um, a lot of it lands is uh, gives your inner critic a lot of fuel for self-judgment. And so what tends to happen is that the task comes up, you know, you have to get it done. uh, And instead of doing that, you get caught by the brighter, more stimulating task or just going into sort of social media and just just completely distracting yourself from the task at hand because uh, either you can't stay focused on it or it's overwhelming. And so you just push it out. And so, but you think about it all the time. You're like, okay, I know I have to get that done. I know I have to get that done. So it's a vicious cycle and it could be, it could be a a big mound of suffering for a lot of us hunter types. Uh, And we can even do things like we'll just clean the house or do something that's more um, defined 
than the task at hand. So we're going to talk a lot about what constitutes this kind of task. What does that look like? And then also what are some strategies to work on that are going to make these more manageable? So to start off with, we need to talk about the biochemical component of why these kinds of tasks are challenging. So as a reminder, refresher, if you're new to this podcast, um, you may not have heard me say this, but everyone else has. So uh, I'll just briefly go through it Um, with people who are wired as hunter types slash ADHD, ADD. um, One of the key uh, brain chemical components of this is we have less dopamine receptors and dopamine is the brain chemical that affects specifically as far as we're concerned with focus and motivation so if a task isn't exciting stimulating in some way we literally don't have the chemical motivation to stay with it so that's on the non-stimulating mundane end of it Uh, There's also the overwhelm part of it, which is that we feel uh, and there's too many pieces to the puzzle or it's not defined enough that we feel we don't know where to start. And that's like another aspect of these kinds of tasks. They're they're similar in some ways and different in other ways. And we'll we'll break those out in a little bit here. So um, again, so because it's a brain chemical component, it's often then that the result of that is it leads to low self-esteem, even depression, because your sense of self-esteem often is connected to uh, accomplishment and being able to you know move through the world and feel a sense that you uh, are accomplished. You can do the things that you set yourself out to do. When you're not able to do that over a period of time, then that can turn inward into self-judgment, low self-esteem, and um, depression. So. We often, we have these tasks, they're on our list, we know we need to get them done, we're constantly thinking about them, we have a high level of anxiety because we're not doing them, but we just can't get ourselves to do them. Um, and so one note, as you know, we talk about the hunter type model, uh, one of the key aspects to supporting your overall ability to handle these kinds of tasks is to just think about the hunter model, like the model of like, if you were a hunter in a hunter gatherer society, there's three components that are really important. One is cardio. So that's going to affect your brain chemistry. And from what I've seen over and over again, when you have a consistent, even a short cardio session every day, it can even be 15 minutes, your ability to handle these kinds of tasks definitely goes up. So we'll talk more about that later, but I just want to mention that. Two is the nutrition aspect. If you're feeding your brain with healthy fats and specifically you're getting enough protein and reducing the artificials in your diet, once again, you're going to have more of your brain capacity to handle these kinds of tasks. Uh, and then also, if you think about the hunter type model in terms of working in bursts, in, in bursts, your your it's short, intense periods of energy followed by rest. If you think about that as you go through your day, then if you kind of go back to that hunter model of okay, uh, cardio protein, work in bursts, you can start to like see where that model really becomes helpful in this situation with mundane tasks. So um, 
The other point to mention as far as the big challenge with these kinds of tasks is once they become urgent, once they become really stimulating because you've been pushing them out and pushing them out and now someone's waiting on you or that, you know, there's some major issue is going to occur if you don't get that task done. Magically, it becomes stimulating. And now you can actually have the focus, even though it's connected with a lot of adrenaline and a lot of overwhelm to get to actually accomplish the task. So this, I'm sure for most of you is a common thread. It's like you push it out, you push it out, and then you've got, it's like urgent. Now you get it done and, and you, you have the energy to do it and you have the focus. And maybe f- that's your pattern. And some people like pride themselves on that's how I work. It's good. It burns out your adrenals, I think, after a while. It's not the ideal way to move through the world as a hunter type. Um, and so I don't know if it's sustainable, but I know for a, for me, for a long time, that was how it worked. Uh, but I'm not sure if that's the best way to go. So we're going to talk about other ways to deal with mundane tasks other than waiting to the last minute. Um so th- that's sort of the setting the stage of what are these tasks, what, like just what constitutes our ability, our inability to work with these kinds of tasks. And they could be anything from financial related tasks, so uh, paying bills, uh, taxes, things like that. Uh, to housework and things that need to happen around the house. Maybe there are tasks that your spouse has asked you to do over and over and over again, and you just don't do them. Uh, but it, it causes a rift because you're not able to do them. You're not able to motivate yourself to do them. So uh, they can be work-related tasks. They're things that they, a lot, I mean, the classic one is just getting back to people, going through your inbox, uh, seeing who you need to re- return emails to. I work with a lot of sales agents, people that are in sales, and they have this giant, massive inbox where they're really good at going on the hunt and getting the initial hit of getting the client, but then the follow-up and all that kind of the the the, the back-and-forth correspondence after just falls by the wayside. And so that's a common thread in that particular industry. Pick your... Um, your version of that. It's going to look different for everyone, but each of you, just think about the tasks that you procrastinate. That's what I'm talking about. So that's the terrain we're dealing with. Now let's talk about strategies. Uh, The first strategy and the most important, in my opinion, is knowing when to schedule these kinds of tasks. Know your window. Now, for many hunter types, this win- the window for the ability to most handle mundane or overwhelming tasks is usually like mid to late morning through like 1 or 2 p.m. That tends to be kind of the dopamine cycle where we're up. And if we've taken good care of ourselves, that's even better. So if we start our day off with some protein, uh, maybe you had some caffeine, so a stimulant can be helpful. It's going to definitely squeeze out that dopamine in the morning. And then you're going to tend to really have like an upswing in the morning and then a dip towards the end of the day. So if, if you're like many of us, then you're probably having some kind of caffeine in the morning. So that's, that's good. And if you then add into that, uh, you had a good protein in the morning, you had 20 to 30 grams of protein in the morning. Maybe it was like a protein shake. That's the, probably the simplest one. And maybe you got out and did your 15 to 20 minutes of cardio in the morning. That would be ideal. If you can start your day off that way, then you're going to have a really strong window 
in the mid to late morning through the afternoon to hand to more able you'll you'll be more able to handle these kinds of mundane or overwhelming tasks. Um, and some of them can't be scheduled that in that that time period, but many of them can. And so that's when you at least want to do your planning. Okay, so if you know, we'll talk a little bit in a second about breaking tasks down so that they are you, they're more clearly defined. And this is a really good time to do that. So maximize that window of time that you're most likely to handle these kinds of tasks, so that you're not scheduling them late in the day, especially late afternoon is often the worst time to schedule like really heady tasks or things that you, that require a lot of thought. Put them towards the morning time, schedule them then or push them out to the next day if you can. Uh, I, you know, again, you can't change, you can't get everything in life down to that perfect scenario, but you'll be surprised how much you can do. Now for me, I make sure that if I'm handling any financial details or anything that I know that it's going to be a difficult thing for me to do if I'm not really clear, those handle those are scheduled in that period of time. So I don't schedule um, coaching calls until 10 o'clock in the morning. And uh, so that always gives me some time in the morning to just get myself booted up and be clear. I know that I'll, I'll be able to fully be on task during that time, but also Anything to do with um, finances, uh, what are some things that really overwhelm me? I think correspondence is a really big one for me. If someone writes me a long, thoughtful email, um, I'm not going to be able to respond to that in the late afternoon. To me, it's, that's an over, that, can be, that can turn into an overwhelming task of correspondence. That, I'd say that's my number one. So I need to be able to do that in that window, or otherwise it gets pushed to the next day. I don't even think to schedule it in the afternoon because otherwise I, what I'll do is I'll sit down, I'll feel overwhelmed, I won't do it, and then I'll feel bad about it. So there's no point in scheduling it at that point, at that time of day. You've got to push it, at, push it either to the next day during that window and maximize that window of time. I can't stress this enough. If you have your list of things to do, what can you do during that window to really make some progress? And then, you know, later in the day is when uh, more stimulating tasks, that's when the things that, that come more naturally to you, that's when you want to schedule those, especially those in, in, into the evening. And maybe you use that window in the morning to just get clear about the trajectory of the day so that you know when you come to like four o'clock, okay, here's what I'm going to do at this time. Or in the evening, you've already got the map in front of you. Whereas if you wait into the afternoon to make to do your planning, um, you're probably going to be challenged by it. So know your window, be clear about when is best to schedule mundane, overwhelming, non-stimulating tasks. And so for me and for many people, it's morning to mid-afternoon, but that might not be the case for you. So just start to pay attention. Think about when you're most at, on your game and think, okay, this is when I will schedule this task and I'm not going to push it into a time period when I know I'm more likely to have brain fuzz or more likely to get caught by stimuli. So typically if you've, you, you'll go up towards you know, mid to late day and then you'll start to drop. You know, it's like four to, four to seven p.m. That's when we're typically, not always, tend to to be more distractible. We're kind of tired at the end of the day, so that's not the time to schedule these kinds of tasks.
So that's tip number one. Tip number two is break it down. Break it down into smaller components. Often we have what appears to be a simple task and yet we keep pushing it out and pushing it out and we go like, okay, that's so simple. Why can't I just get myself to do it? If you're finding yourself in that position, it's usually because the task is more complicating, more complicated than you're giving it credit for and probably has some key components to it that are overwhelming. And so subconsciously, your subconscious knows this and just pushes it out and says, oh, that's just too much. I, I know that kind of task. I hate that. Let's just move on. And it might not even be conscious. You may just go, you might not be thinking through why it is that you're pushing it out. So let's give you an example of a type of task like this and how to break it down and use some tools to make it more manageable. And what I find is when you do that, once you, when you get in the habit of doing this, then you're no longer pushing things out. You're, you're, you're switching a, a, a light on and saying, wait a minute, I know how to handle this. I'm going to break it down and here's how I do it. So having a system in place is going to be really helpful. So let's take the task, clean my home office. So clean and organize your home office. Let's take that task. So clean my home office, that's four words. Super simple, right? Why can't you just get that done? Well, if you came to me and I was coaching you and I heard that, I would say, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'd stop you and say, that's too broad. You need to break that down. That's too too broad of a, a task. Let, what, what's involved in that? So, and this, again, this is where the overwhelm comes from because you don't have a clarity on what needs to happen. And so the clarity, the, the, the lack of clarity causes overwhelm and then you push it out. So let's take a tool like mind mapping, which I love for, for breaking down tasks to me. That's like the tool that really changed my life. Uh, if we were to map this out, if we were to do a mind map on this, we'd put in the center of the mind map, clean and organize the office. Okay. That's the central topic at the center of the mind map. And then Let's take three big potential, what are the big three categories that would be involved in cleaning the office? So let's pick three uh, out of like uh, this kind of example. So maybe there's uh, a ton of boxes that are all over the place that have uh, half filed documents. Maybe they're from even five years ago and they're just, they're, they're scattered around the office. So let's say that's one uh, category. So let's make that as a one subcategory and call it boxes. Okay. That's one thing we know we got to deal with. Uh, and then let's create another branch and let's say top of the desk. Clearly that's one that it's like, it's messy. There's papers everywhere. And when you go into your home office, instead of being clear about what you need to do, you feel overwhelmed because you know, you have to do all this extra work in order to get to a place where you can be uh, productive. So top of the desk, let's call that branch number two. And let's say the third element of uh, this task of cleaning your home office as you're looking around the room is the uh, your shelves are kind of in disarray. There's books kind of tipped over and it's just not clean and organized. It doesn't feel zen. And so when you see it, you're just like, okay, it just you, you step in, then you step back out. You're like, I pass on that. I'll work from somewhere else. These are common examples from other coaching clients that, that I have and I also myself. So I'm in this boat as well. So now we have a mind map. At the center of the mind map, we have clean the office, the, clean the home office, uh, and then we have three branches, three main branches, boxes, 
top of desk and shelves. So we've taken now this task of clean your office and we split it out into three big categories. Good start. Now let's start to break those down again using the mind map. So um, we know there's boxes of non-filed paperwork, some that are like five years old. So let's let's put on that task. Um, one is um, assess each box and ask myself three questions. One, is this is there items in this box that I need to keep in file in my main filing system? Let's say that's one example. Two is what can be thrown away? And three is can I just move that box into storage? Okay, so now you've given yourself the directive. If you're working on boxes, now you've got three things that you know you need to do in order to assess that box way easier. Now you can go, okay, uh, here's box one. Let's look at it. I've got my checklist now. Let's go through the checklist and see what I need to do. And at the end of it, it gets, it's, you, you're either throwing stuff away, you're filing it. And at the end of that, you're going to put the box in storage and hopefully you have nothing left. And then you can just throw the, you can just put the box away. So that's now you've, so boxes, you flesh that out. Just took a couple minutes and you're clear now. Here's my directive when I'm handling a box. This is what I need to do. So let's move on to the second branch, which is top of the desk. So tons of paperwork there. Filing the paperwork is clearly going to be one of the, the components to it. So that's going to be task number one. Two is throwing anything away that needs to be thrown away. Maybe there's or, or put away. Maybe there's cups and things that you need to put, you know, put in the sink or whatever, depending on the level of catastrophe that is your home office. So uh, that's number two. And three is just organize anything that needs to be moved to the desk to make your work life more wonderful. What else needs to happen in order to really straighten out and make your top of the desk really nice? Maybe you have a place for your planner uh, and maybe, the, you know, putting your planner there in the morning is going to remind you to get up and go and do your planning in the home office. That's one way to think about it. Um, so make your list for that. Go through your checklist. What are the things I'm going to what am I going to do on the top of the desk to to take that and make it into something that's Zen or so at the end of it, you feel like, OK, that task was handled. And then three, let's say the shelving is kind of in disarray. Well, this might be the easiest one. So we might put that last because um, last or first, maybe you put it first in, in the list because you want to get some, make some progress and that's cool too. Do whatever that might be, you know, it's good to feel like you're making progress, but so for the shelves, it's just straightening. Maybe there's really, it's not that bad. It's just, you know, arranging some books, moving things around. Maybe there's a couple items that need to be moved. Give yourself your list for that branch. So, so now we have boxes, top of desk, shelves. We have a clear action item list for each of those subcomponents. Then you prioritize, and this may only take a second. You might say, okay, well, actually, the top of the desk is the primary piece because I need to get work done. So let's call that number one, and let's make that the priority because it's affecting my ability to work. And maybe there's some key um, pieces of paper on there. Maybe there's bills that need to get paid. Those, those need to be sorted out. And maybe you go, okay, well, boxes is second, and then shelving is third. Okay, so 
Awesome. Now you've got your map. You've got three sets of action item lists that you can go through and, and split this up potentially into sessions. So we have session number one, maybe, maybe I only got an hour today to work on this. So let's start with the top of the desk. And that's, and now you've got your task list. You, you're clear now what you need to do, and you're just going to tackle that. And you tell yourself, that's it. If I handle the top of the desk, I'm done for the day. Ah, great. Then maybe you say tomorrow. No, that's not going to work tomorrow. Maybe the weekend. Okay, I can schedule uh, a, maybe a half hour session on the weekend to handle this again. You get out your phone. You make a reminder to yourself for Saturday morning at like 10 a.m., 10 to 10.30. You know you got a window. And so now we know if the top of the desk was today, then that's going to be the boxes. You're going to handle the boxes in that session. And then at the end of that session, you may say, okay, well, let's schedule the next one. And that's just, and you probably can get the boxes and the shelves done in the same session. So that's two sessions and you're done. So as you can hear from that example, um, this all sounds blaringly simple, but for hunter types, we forget to do it. So pick your task. You can go through that same basic um, planning method and do your mind map and get your extract from that a clear action item list and see if you can split it out into sessions if it's too big of a task for you to handle in one session. So once again, you to start with what is the task that's getting pushed off. Two is ideally do a mind map, put the task at the center of the mind map and then split it out into its main components and then drill down your action item list per component. And then you can take it and split it up into to multiple sessions if you need to with a reminder to yourself on your calendar so you know you can come back to it. So that's breaking it down in the way that I find is most helpful. So try that one out. That's tip number two, break it down. Okay, tip number three is schedule it with another person. Schedule the task with another person. So my rule of thumb is if it's on my schedule for a few days and I don't get to it and I keep pushing it out, then I have to schedule it with someone else in some way. So it's it's so important. It's such a key skill for hunter types to get good at. Some of the most effective hunter types in the world they are effective and they're successful because they got good at asking for support. Key person, Richard Branson, has come out and said he is definitely ADHD. He's also dyslexic. And if you study, if you watch any docs on documentaries on him, you'll see that he, from an early age, specifically with the dyslexia, had to get good at asking for support and delegating tasks to get through school. Uh, I'm sure there were some sketchy ways that he went about doing that as well. But regardless, he had to learn at an early age that he needed to delegate. And he said that was one of his key superpowers was learning to delegate. So that absolutely is one of the key tasks for us hunter types is to get good at how do we schedule this with another person. So avoid leaning just on your own willpower, know your limitations and call in support. And you can do it in a very stealthy way where it doesn't feel like you're like, oh, poor me, I can't handle this. You Ignore that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about calling someone in, asking for their feedback, um, 
for example, if you have a task where, um, this is a great example. If your house is continually messy and specifically you're sitting in your house going, oh, it's a mess. Um, schedule, like call someone up, schedule to have them come over in like two days. Someone you know you have to clean the house for in order for you to, to, to get the motivation to do it. And that will be a key. So it's, it's, uh, it's not direct, right? You're just inviting them over. They have no idea you have an ulterior motive. Have them come over, schedule it for two days. It will force you, it will give you the stimuli to get your house clean up. So that's one like example of doing it. Another could be with exercise. Maybe you, you want to do what we talk about, which is like the 15 minutes of cardio every day, but you just can't get yourself to do it. Schedule it with someone else. Find an exercise buddy. There's people around you that will exercise with you. I guarantee it. So that's just another easy example of ways that you can schedule something with another person. Um, I have a no homework rule, and you've probably heard me talk about this. If someone asks me to, say, write a recommendation for them, I... immediately say, great, let's schedule a phone call together and go through it. I do not take, if at, if at all possible, I do not take on homework. I ask people to come in and do it with me. And so there's no sense of like, oh, Michael, he can't do this. It's, it has, what, he's scheduling with me. It's always just, it's a very respectful conversation where people just go, oh, okay, that's how he does it. No problem. So there's ways that you can schedule tasks with another person in a way that that gives you self-esteem and doesn't you know get you to shrink and think oh poor me i can't handle this on my own so uh another example is like tax times they taxes are like a pain you're always late on them because you just can't motivate yourself to do it other people are in the same boat schedule a call with a friend and say hey it's tax times coming up i just i'm have you know i just can't get myself motivated to do it sometimes let's just get on the phone together you do yours i'll do mine and we'll just hang out on the phone together and talk while we're doing this there's a thousand things you can do with that general thought in mind of scheduling it with another person. Uh, like for, for me, you know, with Questa, uh, my partner, if I have something that comes up where I'm like, whoa, it's, it's just too overwhelming, I'll just call her in and say, uh, I need to talk through this. Can you just give me a couple minutes of your time and all? And, and I usually try to, I typically am clear about what the request is. Uh, which is part of the deal. If you get good at asking for what you need clearly, so that you're in, so you're not frustrated at the end because the person did not read your mind and know what you were needing in that moment. So if you need someone just to just be quiet and listen while you talk something through for three minutes or five minutes, ask that going into it instead of assuming that they'll know how to support you on it. So. Tip number three, schedule a task with another person. Schedule it with another person if you find your own willpower is just not enough to motivate yourself to do the task. Okay, tip number four is do not over schedule. So set yourself up for a win. So this is a classic hunter type mistake and you want to avoid it, which is you've got, so for us hunter types, we tend to get into this flooding thing where everything and all these like urgent and non-urgent tasks all flood together and we just can't think straight. And so we feel like, okay, the only way to get out of that state of overwhelm is just by putting all of those tasks on the list for that 
that day. And then you're just setting yourself up. Like you're not going to get all that stuff done. It's going to, it's impossible. No one can do it. You're not going to, and then you've, your inner, you're just feeding your inner critic ammo to, to shoot at you later. It's like, you're just, you're just feeding it to, to beat yourself up later with. So don't do that. Become clear about what you can accomplish in that particular day and don't over schedule it pick and, and we'll go into like the next tip in a second because it's going to be the key to flipping this over but get your subconscious on your side meaning that if you if you only schedule a, a small set of items for a particular day and you set yourself up for a win then you're going to feel good that you accomplished those things so that your subconscious is like okay we're getting stuff done now we're moving forward this is good but if you have 10 things on your list and you do two of them then you have like oh i did two but then i didn't do all these this other eight well Duh, if you had set yourself up for two, you would have had a win. And then the next day you would have had a greater sense of self-esteem. You would have had some motivation. So get clear about what you can do in a day and even half it, like, like whatever your estimation is for hunter types, like even go below that and set yourself up for a win so that the next day you can come in. And that's not a knock at our ability to do things. That is uh, how our brain tends to work. We tend to be very creative and we can, we can often say, okay, well, the other end of this is I'm going to, I can handle this, this, and this. It's like overconfidence. And that is also a recipe for failure. So set yourself up for a win. Do not over schedule. So connected in with this is the next tip, which is pick one mundane or overwhelming task per day. That's it. So keep that as, as a goal to yourself. If you have your list of things that you know you need to do that have been being pushed out, pick one of those per day. So when you do this it be, and it becomes a habit for you, maybe in the short term, it feels like everything's taking longer, but in the long run, this is going to be the strategy that's going to really make your life flow smoothly, which is you can keep keep a running list of the mundane, overwhelming tasks and just pick one for that day and, and dial in it. And then look at that task and go filter it through what I said before. Can I break this down further? Yes. Okay. Sit down and do a mind map, get clear and say, okay, wait a minute. Uh, that mundane task is like a three day or that's like three sessions. Maybe there's three half hour sessions to get that one done. Cool. Then that becomes the first session is what you do today. So pick one mundane or overwhelming task per day. And so this is how you ensure that you're going to have a sense of moving forward. You're, you're, you're setting yourself up for a win as well as it's keeping you from getting into that crippling overwhelm where you've got too many things going and you're not making progress on any of them. If you do this and you get in the habit of doing it for one week, you'll start to notice, wow, your life starts, maybe in the first couple of days, you're just like, oh, but I got to get this done and then I got to get that one done. But if you stay to that system where you just pick one per day and you you just like, I'm, whatever's going to happen, I'm going to get that one thing done that day, you're going to start to feel over the span of a couple of weeks, things start to shift. You start to feel like, okay, now I've got my system in place. I'm picking one per day. And then I just go through the rest of my day. I'm just going to ignore the other things. And ideally in the morning, when you sit down and you do your planning session, you can prioritize what that mundane task is. What's the thing that's most important for you to handle that day that's overwhelming 
as well as breaking it down if you need to. So again, that, that mundane task may be and often is something that gets split out through multiple sessions. So if you're, you're confused, then do the mind map. Just default to, I'm not sure what to do in the situation, then start to break it down until you get to a place where you have a clarity of what that task looks like. Okay, so the next tip is something we alluded to earlier, but I want to revisit it, which is do not underestimate the power of a good health routine to positively affect your ability to handle mundane and overwhelming tasks. Can't stress this enough. Cardio 15 minutes a day or two to three sessions a week at a half an hour is going to help you do these tasks and handle them more than if you did not do that. Second to that is make sure you're getting enough protein, especially in the morning when you first kick your day off. Those two things can make a huge difference in your ability to do all the things that I'm talking about. So the ideal morning schedule would be you start your day with 20 to 30 grams of protein. A protein shake is the simplest way to do that. Get some frozen berries, get a protein powder, put some orange juice or whatever into it, blend it up, drink it, go for a jog for 15 minutes, come back, and then you, I, I can guarantee you, you will be more able to do your planning and be able to uh, figure out what you need to do for that day. So I just can't stress enough. That's, that's what's worked for me. I watched it work for other clients and with coaching clients. So I, at least try it. it. Just like if that, if you hear me talk about this and you're like, oh yeah, 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 but you're not doing it. Go do it, test it out for a week, and then come back to me. And if you say, I did all these things and I can't do these tasks as I'm mapping out, let me know because I'd be you are very much the anomaly in the scenario because most of the time when you get into these kinds of good health routines, your ability to go through and do these, it may not be comfortable. You're not get, you may not get to the point where you just love to sit down and do your taxes. That's not what I'm talking about. It's just the ability to manage it where you can sit down and have the, the mental clarity to know you're going to be able to handle it. And then you default to those other tips that I talk about. Okay, this is just too much. I need to schedule it with another person. But having the ability to schedule and plan at the beginning of your day is going to make a big difference when it comes to these overwhelming mundane tasks. And so the next tip, which is connected to planning, is practice remaking your action item lists throughout the day. So this is somewhat counterintuitive and most people don't think to do this. But what I find for hunter types is this one strategy can be super effective. So get in the habit of like if you get confused or you're going into a, a, a different part of the day, sit down, even though you've done your planning in the morning, just off the top of your head, open up your planner, open up your, um, just like I, I carry around with me a Strathmore um, sketchbook. So it's, I think it's five and a half inches by eight and a half inches. It's just, it's small, it's portable. I got a pencil in it. I just, uh, and I like the spiral bound because I can open it up and it's just blank paper. That's all it is. It's just a sketchbook. And I will just write, uh, if, it, if it's the beginning of the day, I'll write the date. Otherwise, I'll just draw a horizontal line and I'll just write out, okay, what is it that I need to do next? And I'll just write that list out again. It bring, it kind of reboots your brain and goes, okay, wait, what am I doing? 
here's what I'm doing. I need to write this out again. It's, there's a difference between doing that versus looking at a list you've already created. What I find is this little trick, I typically I know what I want to do. I know in general what it is. So when I sit down and do that again, it just kind of reboots my brain and I think, okay, well, actually, yeah, I need to do that, that, and that. And I may have that same thing written right above it, but just the act of writing it out gets me clear again and then it gets me moving forward. So this process also really comes into play if you think about splitting up your day into sessions. Maybe it's um, one-hour sessions. If you do the Pomodoro technique, it's 25-minute sprints. Um, that works for some people. For other people, that's too short of a time period. It, like, Don't box yourself in. But if you think in terms of general sessions for yourself, no more than an hour apiece, then maybe at the beginning of the day you schedule, okay, at 2 p.m. I'm going to um, go for a jog. Okay, so that 2 p.m. comes around, you do that. But if it's something where it's an action item or it's a task, so maybe at 11.30 or 12 o'clock, um, you, you have to do some correspondence. Maybe you scheduled from 12 to 12.30 correspondence. And that was it. You didn't go into any specifics on it. So now that time period comes up. You even have a reminder on your phone. Now you sit down with your planner or with your computer or whatever, and you take two minutes and you say, what is it that I need to do in this next whatever you scheduled for yourself, maybe it's like an hour or half an hour, write out what are the tasks that you know you need to do. So if it's correspondence, then go through and write out who are the think people I need to get back to. You write out that list, it should take you just a couple seconds, and then look at the list for a second and say who's most important to get back to. Highlight that person and go, okay, I gotta get back to that person today. Okay, that maybe took three minutes and then the rest, now you know, you've got far more clarity. You're not just sitting there going, oh, okay, just sifting through your emails. And if you have a trajectory going into, especially something that's potentially overwhelming, you're going to be more likely to stay focused on it. And that, I think emails is a good example because if you just wrote to yourself, get back to just put correspondence and you'd never break it down beyond that, as we stated earlier that's probably going to just turn into overwhelm. Oh God, I got to get that. You start looking at your list and you go, Oh, I forgot to get back to that person. Oh. And then it just turns into an overwhelm fest where you don't get anything done. Whereas if you had sat down before you, you uh, did your correspondence and you wrote out off the top of your head, the people you knew you need to get back to and you prioritize, then you can have a little bit of energy towards, okay, wait, wait, I'm not going to get lost in this. I'm not going to ignore other things. And I'm just going to get back to those people. And then maybe at the end of that session, you then sift through some people you know you also need to get back to or look through your list and then maybe make a list for yourself for the next day. So practice remaking your action item list throughout the day or refining the list so that you can kind of boot your brain back up again and get yourself into the clarity of what are you directing yourself to do during that time period. If you do, if you, if it's too vague, it's just like if you were trying to communicate to another person and you'd say, okay, I need you to do some correspondence today. And you never give them any further 
um, clarity. You're, and then you, they come back to you and say, oh, well, I kind of did this and this. And then you get mad at them because they didn't do the thing you, you expected. We do that to ourselves. It's stupid. Why would we, we wouldn't do that to another person, but we often do it to ourselves as hunter types. So if you get good at practicing remaking your lists, giving yourself clear directives over the next time period. So whatever it is that it's, maybe it's an hour, hour and a half, say that I'm sitting down, I'm going to do this and you've made a clear directive to yourself, then you're going to be, you'll accomplish the thing you need to accomplish and you'll feel like you came away with a win versus just another pile of stuff that you didn't do. So practice remaking lists, key, key tip for hunter types. Okay, and our final tip on mastering mundane, overwhelming, non-stimulating tasks is be gentle on yourself, okay? In Tom Hartman's words, we're hunters living in a world that was primarily created by farmer types. So don't gauge your self-worth based on your ability to do these kinds of tasks. They're challenging for most of us. So know that you're not the only one. Have empathy for yourself and ensure that there are items on your daily schedule that bring you joy and self-confidence, that lean on your, your positive tendencies as a hunter type. Get good at celebrating your wins. So when you do accomplish these kinds of tasks that feel so like, oh, I got to, you know what? Of course I cleaned the house. What a stupid task. I should just be able to do that. That's typically the dialogue. Instead of saying that, say, I won. I did it. I set up my, I know for me, these are really challenging tasks and I did it. I accomplished this. I may not have gotten everything done today, but I got that done. This is the kind of thing that you want to have in your thought stream consciously throughout the day. And if you practice doing that, you'll find you have much more motivation to then go through and tackle these kinds of tasks because you're not continually judging yourself for your inability to do them. Celebrate the small wins and recognize at the end of your life, most of these little mundane tasks won't make any difference. It's like it's not the thing that you're going to be thinking about at the end of your life. You're going to be celebrating your connections with people, what you brought into the world, how you expressed yourself. Those are the kinds of things that will matter the most. So put the mundane tasks, the overwhelming tasks in their proper perspective and know that they are just things that you need to do in order to survive in our society, in this particular modern society, which is not the most perfect society in the world. Because if it were, there wouldn't be so much, so many challenges with depression and suicide. These do not. These kinds of events don't necessarily happen in hunter-gatherer cultures. They don't like if they're living traditionally. The suicide rate, the depression rate, is almost non-existent. So we are living in somewhat of a disconnected society. It's a society that most of us did not uh, create. Obviously, we didn't put our energy into saying this is how we want it to go. Had we had more of an input as hunter types, it would be a totally different world. Uh, 
but we need it needs all of us like there's farmer types there's hunter types and we together create society but we have to recognize as hunter types that there are strong suits that we can bring to the table that farmer types do not have and so we need to maximize our life and maximize the trajectory of our life so that we can find those gifts utilize them and bring them out into the world instead of just becoming another farmer type and I Unfortunately, that's often the message that we get when we think when they talk about ADD and ADHD, you got to fit in, you got to find, you know, your way to just do these things. But that's discounting the unique gifts that we have as human beings and as hunter types. So my suggestion is put these tasks in their proper perspective learn to accept yourself, celebrate your wins, and then utilize the tools that we talked about today to maximize your ability to handle these kinds of tasks. So I hope that was helpful to you. As a reminder, the book, The Drummer in the Great Mountain, is on sale for 15% off on our website through July 4th. Just go to drummerinthegreatmountain.com and click on the purchase link. Also, if you haven't already, pick up the new free ebook, ADHD Time Management. You can get it on Kindle, iBooks, Google Play, Kobo. The links are in the description of this episode. Reviews are really helpful. If you're enjoying this podcast, consider writing a review on iTunes or whatever service you get this podcast from. If you've purchased the book and it's been helpful to you, consider writing a review on Amazon. We just added it a couple months ago, uh, and I know you guys have been buying the book through the website for a long time, so consider going over there, writing a review. That's super helpful to us. Join us on social media. That's Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. Uh, just go to drummerinthegreatmountain.com and click on the links at the top. If you're new to this podcast, we've recently created a free five-day mini course. You'll be emailed an episode each day for five days, so it's an audio course. Uh, this can be a really helpful introduction to this work. Uh, I, I decided that it, we needed a little bit of a uh, quick get up to speed mini course for people new to the podcast, new to this material. I think that could be really helpful to you. Uh, if you're interested, go to drummerinthegreatmountain.com forward slash mini course. That's M-I-N-I-C-O-U-R-S-E mini course. If you already have the book, the first 20 or so episodes of this podcast are the audio companion to the book. Be sure to check that out and you can read through the book chapter by chapter and go along with those podcasts. I think that will add an extra dimension to going through this work. And that's it. So until next time, be well. <laughs>